you join me, Proverbs 22, if you are not there already, Proverbs 22, 6. While you're turning there, um, in the note, or in that video, one of the missionaries that they were with was from Missionary Acres. Speaking of Missionary Acres, we have Jeanette with us here this evening, so be sure to, to go and say hello to her. It's good to have you with us, Jeanette. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. There's a line in our church covenant that we say every month, we'll say it tonight, that we read over, like I said, every month, and yet how often do we take time to pause and to think through that? And there's a line in there that says we will religiously educate our children. We will religiously educate our children. Do you take that line seriously? Every month, as we say that together, we are making a promise. I will train up my child to fear the Lord and the admonition of the Lord. When you joined this church, you made that promise that I will do this. And yet, even more important than that promise you made is what the Word of God says. And the Bible tells you to train up a child in the way that he should go. There are several other passages that, that touch on this. Joshua 24, 14 to 15. A well-known passage where Joshua takes a stand. And he says this, Joshua 24, 14 to 15. Now therefore fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil in you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, I will, and my children will, and I will train them to serve the Lord. We have this passage here in Proverbs 22, 6, and Ephesians 6, 4, another well-known passage, which goes right along these same lines. Ephesians 6, 4. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. We see this modeled for us in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 1.5. Paul here writing to Timothy, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. And then just a few Verses later, in 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 15. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about the words no profit. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong. Three. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Clearly, 
This is not a passing suggestion. Clearly, it is the will of the Lord that we train our children in godliness. I had the opportunity when I was in South Carolina a few uh, weeks ago before Christmas. On the Thursday and Friday that we were there, there was a conference that they had on Bob Jones University. I had the opportunity to, to go to that. There were several excellent sessions while I was there, but one that really struck me was by Dr. Joel Beakey. It was called Restoring the Family Altar. There's some things I would disagree with Dr. Beakey on. But he hit the nail on the head here. Restoring the family altar. It was a challenge to me. See, this is one of those things that I think we, we all know that we should do. I all, we all know that we should chain our, train our children in the way that he should go. We understand this. And yet, why do we so often fail to do it? Why don't we take it seriously? Matthew Henry has a quote, as goes the family, as goes family worship, so goes the house. As goes the home, so goes the church. As goes the church, so goes the nation. We must be training our children. We must be leading our wives to worship the Lord. We must be worshiping as families. As you look at this passage here in Proverbs 22, it starts out with this phrase, train up a child in the way he should go. First word to note there is train. Train up a child. What does that look like? What does it look like to train up a child? Well, to look at what that means, what that looks like, I want you to go back to where we just were in 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 15. Paul has already commended in chapter 1 Timothy's grandmother and mother. And here in, in chapter 3, verses 14, 15, even in 16 and 17, we see what this looked like. What did it look like for them to model this faith for Timothy, for them to train him and to teach him? You must continue into things which you have learned. And been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood. These are the things that you have learned from childhood. You have known the Holy Scriptures. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. What is it that, that Timothy's grandmother and mother did that gets this accommodation from Paul. Why are they put forth as an example to us? What is it that they did? They trained him with the word of God. From childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures. It doesn't say that from childhood, you've, you've known your good manners. You've known which fork to use. You've known any number of things. It says you've known the scriptures. And why does it matter that they started with the scriptures? Because it is the scriptures that are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Because all scripture is given by inspiration of God. 
that, that verse that we know, verses 16 and 17, that we so often go, we go back to, that in context, that comes out of what Timothy has been trained in as a young man. It is the word of God that you have been trained in. It is this word of God that uh, has been given by inspiration of God and is profitable. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So what does it look like to train up a child in the way that he should go? It looks like taking them to the word of God regularly. It's more than simply sitting down and reading a passage of scripture. It's more than just prayer before a meal. It's more than just bringing your children to church and dropping them off at youth group. It is day in and it is day out. It's not just sitting down for a minute and reading a passage of scripture, but it's taking the time to explain what that means and to apply it to their lives. training up a child in the way that he should go, it is work. Yes, it takes work. But it is infinitely, eternally worth it. Take five minutes at some point during your day to pause and to look at whatever scripture you want to read with your family that day and just think through. It'll take you five minutes to think through what it means and what it applies, how to apply it to your children. And then read it with them. Ask them questions. This is not something that has to take a lot of time. It just takes faithfulness to do it day in and day out. Train them. That is work. Ask any athlete, what does training look like? It's tiring. It's work. But it's worth it. So train up a child. Notice also this. Train up a child in the way he should go. That's distinct from the way that he would go. His sin nature would drag him to hell. But you must drag him to the cross. Train him in the way that he should go. Look at my God. Look what the Bible says. Look what this means. Look at the cross and the resurrection. We must both model what it looks like to live the Christian life faithfully, and we must train our children for godliness. Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. There's a difference between a promise and a principle. A promise is something that is guaranteed. When God makes a promise, he keeps that promise. And what we find here in this passage is a principle and not a promise. Because it is possible that you can train up a child in the way he should go, and that child will make their own decisions. And they can choose to turn against everything that you have taught them, and they can choose to deny, and that's on them.
But here we see a principle that when you set a child out on the right way, when you get them started, when you set these guideposts, when he is old, he will not depart from it. To train your children, to disciple your family, to lead them in worship is to set them up for the future. It's to set them up for eternity. Brothers and sisters, what this passage is telling us is that disciples are not made by accident. It takes effort. It takes time. It takes work. And it is worth it. I think this is something that we know. It's one of those basics that we saw even this morning in Hebrews. This is something we know. We know we should be doing it. And yet, so many of us struggle. We would not downplay the importance of the home with our words, but we do it with our actions. Even here in the church, we'd rather get along with a fake niceness on Sundays than to really love and challenge one another, to get down into the nitty-gritty of one another's lives and to hold one another accountable. When it becomes clear that I am not discipling my children, that I am giving more time to my responsibilities here than I am to my family, and when my sons start to slip, I want you to come to me to put a finger in my face and to say, you are failing. You are not raising your children in the admonition of the Lord. You are not loving your wife as Christ loves the church. Because you are neglecting what really matters. If we didn't see skipping family devotions or family worship as just a, oh, whoops, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I missed it again. I'll do it tomorrow. We didn't see it as just something that was a, a throwaway. We, we, we must see it as something that matters. What is more important than the soul of your child? Don't miss it. And don't let anyone else miss it. When it becomes clear that your brother or your sister, if that's me, if that is someone else, is failing, go to them and confront them because they are sinning against their family. They are not obeying the word of God. They are going against the covenant that they made in this church. Have you ever thought about it that way? That to fail, 
to have family devotions, to fail to take your children to the word of God and to disciple them and to train them up in the, uh, the way that he should go, it is sin. Because to fail to lead your family in worship is to fail to raise your children in the admonition of the Lord. And it is to fail to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And there is no excuse for it. It's not a question of if you should. But it's a prayer. Lord, help me to do it effectively. You might say, well, it's, it's easy for you to say you're a pastor. I promise you that our family devotions do not look very organized. <laughs> Ted's getting up and running around half the time. I try to pick out questions that, they, that the kids will get, and, and so often I fail. You shoot way over their heads or make it way too easy. It's, it's not easy. But that's okay. Just do it. Just be faithful. It's not about long times of worship, but regular times of worship. Reading a passage, explaining it, applying it, and praying together. And watching the Lord work in your family through the word of God. It's not enough to just bring your children to church. You must disciple them. Grandparents, it's not too late for you. You've got grandkids. When you have opportunities with your grandkids, point them to the Lord. If they're staying the night at your house, read the Bible with them. Apply the word of God to their lives. Ask them questions. Let them think through it. Set an example. I want to close with about a two-minute clip from that talk that I was in um, where Dr. Joel Beakey uh, was focusing on restoring the family altar. And, and, and this part kind of really grabbed my attention and really challenged me. I uh, never really thought through it in this way. And so we're going to play this. It goes from about... 10.20 to 12.55 in the video, uh, and then I'll have a few comments and we'll close. Family worship is not a choice. It is a necessity. It is something that we must do, and if you're not doing it, I would challenge you to start. And if you're not doing it consistently, I would say, good start, but let's do better. As we launch off into a new year, I want to challenge you this year to be faithful in family worship. And I would ask you, even tonight, will you commit to daily family worship? Even if it's, just, if it's you and your wife, I know I've, I've been focusing mostly on, on children, but you and your wife need that. Will you commit to daily family worship?
We're going to transition here to communion. And then we're going to read our church, church covenant together. And even as we go through this, I would challenge you to think through these truths. Think through these passages. Think through this necessity. And maybe you say, you know what, Pastor Josh, I, I, I would like to do this. I see that it is necessary. I see that it is good. It's something I should be doing, but I have no idea where to start. I promise you that I will not judge you. I would love nothing more than to sit down with you in my office and to take five minutes just to help you kind of think through how to get it started, what to do, what does it look like to answer any questions that you may have, to equip you in any way that I can to do it and to do it well. Because as that quote that I read at the beginning goes, as family worship goes, so goes the home. And as goes the home, so goes the church. And as goes the church, so goes the nation. Will you commit to daily family worship this year in 2022? Like I said, we're going to transition at this time to the Lord's table. And as we do that, I'd just like to remind you as we are singing, as we are preparing our hearts, you do not have to be a member of Altoona Regular Baptist Church to join us at this table. But you do have to be someone who has placed your faith in Christ alone for salvation. You have to be someone who has been obedient in believer's baptism by immersion, walking with the Lord. Even as we see in 1 Corinthians 11, what it is that we are doing is not to be taken lightly. 1 Corinthians 11, 26 and 27, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, as often as you come to this table, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. This is a serious thing, and it is not to be taken lightly. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. So even as we sing, search your heart. Confess your sins. Even if there's someone in this room who you have wronged. Even as we sing, before we come to the table, go to them and confess. So that you can come with a clean conscience. As we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes.